Welcome to the Worship in the Word podcast with Pastor Robert Morris. We are in a series called Dream to Destiny, where Pastor Robert has been sharing the 10 character building tests we must navigate on the journey to our God-given purpose. Today's message is about passing the palace test. But before we get started, we have a special limited offer available to our valued listeners this week. To find out more, visit us at PastorRobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-9673. We would love to hear from you. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. So we're in a series called Dream to Destiny. We're following the life of Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream when he was 17 years old. He stepped into his destiny when he was 30 and then fulfilled that for the rest of his life. Uh, But there's a preparation. There are tests you have to take so that God can build your character so you can fulfill your destiny, not just step into it. And these tests last the the rest of your life. Uh, Romans 5, and I'm just going to paraphrase, but it says testing builds character. And it talks about perseverance and hope also. But in essence, the, the trials, tribulations, they build character. So God's not taking you through tests to, you know, um, uh, mock you or hurt you or any of that. He is just using what happens in this world plus taking you through some tests to build your found, the foundation of your life, your character, to support the destiny that he has for you. You, you understand what I'm saying? He's a good God. So, okay. All right. So that's what we're talking about. And we're on the third test. So you can listen to the first two if you missed them. We covered the pride test and the pit test. This test is the palace test. So we're going to talk about passing the palace test, all right? So if you remember, his brothers put him in a pit last week, and then they sold him to Midianite traders, it said, who took him to Egypt, and they sold him there. Uh, So Genesis 39, verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, let me just explain. Same thing, Midian was where they were from, so they were called Midianites. Ishmael was who, who they were descended from. So that's, it's, it's not, the Bible's not contrasting here, it's just uh, clarifying. They were Ishmaelites, but they were also Midianites because they were from them. I'm, I'm like a Morrisite but I'm a Dallas-Fort Worthite also, okay? That's, that's all that means, okay? All right, now watch verse two because this is what we're gonna really key in for the message. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now, I just want to say something here. He's an Egyptian. It tells us very clearly that means he's a polytheist. That means he believed in many gods. And I must say anything bad about Egyptians today or the culture, the country. I've been there, beautiful. Not saying that. I'm just simply saying he, was, he didn't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, and yet, he saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused everything he did to prosper. Verse four, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And then he, that's Potiphar, made him overseer of his house 
and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. That's just a biblical way for saying at home and at work. That's in the house and in the field, at home and at work. That's kind of what that means, all right? Verse six, so he left all that he had, this is Potiphar, in Joseph's hand. Now, I just thought this was kind of interesting. And he did not know what he had. He didn't even know what was in his bank account. He did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. I mean, he really trusted Joseph. And then it says, and Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. I, I wanted to show you that because I, I liken myself to Joseph in the Bible. Um, <laughs> it's just a joke. All right. Remember now, so he's in Potiphar's house and he, he becomes number two. He becomes in charge of all of Potiphar's house. Another, we're going to get to the prison test. It, when in the prison, he becomes number two. And then he becomes number two to Pharaoh. It's pretty interesting. But I just want to show you about uh, when he was in prison. Genesis 39, 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Isn't that amazing? So let me just ask you a simple question. Would it be all right with you if the Lord made prosper, if he prospered whatever you did. Now, now we're going to talk about it in a moment, about the misuse of this word in the church today. We're going to talk about that. But if the Lord prospered the raising of your kids, helping you raise your kids, especially teenagers, okay? If the Lord prospered you in your job, in your career, if the Lord prospered you in your health, would that be okay with you? Are you following me? And All right, so... I have, three, I have four, four points today. This is, this is unusual, all right, rather than three. Here's number one. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Because it said very clearly several times, the Lord was with him so, and made whatever he did to prosper. It said it several times in the passage, all right? So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. But let me first deal with the negative connotation that we have of the word prospering. The reason is there is a hyper teaching on prosperity that is not accurate. In other words, it has some truth to it that God does want to prosper us, but it goes so far that it's like God wants everyone to have a Rolex and a Mercedes, and that's prosperity or that's prospering. But I, I, I want you to understand, don't let that negative teaching pull you away from what the Bible says that God wants to prosper you. I want to read you a scripture because I want to show you that the Lord does not have a problem with the word prosper or a derivative of it, all right? Genesis 26, verse 12, then Isaac, all right, I got to stop. Who's Isaac? Joseph's grandfather. Abraham, Abraham great-grandfather. Isaac, grandfather. Jacob, or Israel, remember God changed his name, father, then Joseph, all right? Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And it tells us why the Lord blessed him. Now, 
Watch the next verse and see if God has a problem with with the word prosper because he put this in the Bible. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. (laughs) See, what we need to do is tell the Lord, Lord, um, there's kind of a hyper teaching going around, so you need to revise. You need to put out a revised version of the Bible because that's just too too many prospers in one verse, you know. So the Lord doesn't have a problem. The reason the Lord doesn't have a problem is because in a minute, I'm going to tell you the definition. I got more scripture for you. So Deuteronomy 29.9, therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. 2 Kings 18.7, the Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. Told you the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. 3 John 2, beloved, I pray. This is New Testament, by the way, if you want to see a New Testament scripture. Beloved, this is the apostle John. He's the, when he wrote this, he was the last living apostle. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So here, here's, here's, here's an apostle that walked with Jesus saying, I pray that you prosper in all things. Okay, so what does the word prosper mean? All right, so let's, first of all, let me just, because I just read the New Testament, let me tell you what it means from the Greek, and I'm going to the root of the word. It literally in the Greek meant that you helped someone along the road. And it, it, it was uh, in the connotation that you saw someone carrying a heavy burden, and you went and said, hey, let me carry that for you. And you helped someone along the road. Okay, so, We can just go ahead and ask this question. Would that be okay if the Lord helped you along the road? Okay, so don't don't have this negative connotation of this word. In the Hebrew, here's what it means. It means to get behind you and push you forward. So would it be okay? Y'all understand I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, I, I understand there are some prosperity preachers out there that have turned you off to this word. This is a Bible word. And it doesn't mean everybody has a Rolex and drives a Mercedes. It means that the Lord wants to push you forward in everything that you do. So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Well, point number two, the key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. And I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Now, when I'm not talking about a works doctrine for salvation, we're saved by grace. But if you want to walk with the presence of the Lord, when he says, come, you need to come. When he says, stop, you need to stop. It's just like walking beside someone, with someone, all right? Second Chronicles 17.3. Now, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David he did not seek the bells. In other words, because he obeyed. And, and I also notice that it talked about David, and we all know that David failed. I am not talking about perfection. I'm simply talking about doing the best you can to walk with the Lord as a human, because David was a human too. And here's a verse about David, 1 Samuel 18, 14. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with I'm saying saying the key to the presence of the Lord is obedience, walking with God. 
1 Samuel 18, 12. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but the bottom line is the reason the Lord had departed from Saul was because Saul disobeyed. Saul disobeyed and the Lord had departed from him. David obeyed and the Lord was with him. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. Let me say it another way. A reward and um, a consequence. That's a good way to say it. A reward and a consequence. And I'll explain that a little more later. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse are the consequences if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Proverbs 8, 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So it doesn't say he who's perfect. It, and, and watch this. It says he who covers his sins. In other words, we all sin. We all still make mistakes. But whoever forsakes them, what? His sins. So we still sin as humans. But if you forsake them and turn from them, then you have mercy. But if you cover them and try to walk, try to walk in deception, it says right there, will not prosper. It's right in the Bible. Now, um, let me also explain this about the walking with the presence of the Lord. Because um, sometimes you might think of another scripture and think, again, I don't see how these match up. Well, the Lord says, I will never leave you. Okay, so that's truth. The Lord will never leave you. But the problem is, I don't know whether you might leave him. I've left him in areas of my life. In other words, in areas of my life, I've done what I shouldn't have done before. That's kind of leaving the presence of the Lord. I'll show you the clearest example of this that I know. In Genesis 4, 16, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. That's where they used to take a lot of naps. <laughs> Sorry. That's a, what kind of joke is that? A dad joke. Okay. Let's not start calling them Pastor Robert jokes. Let's just call them dad <laughs> jokes, right? By the way, God gave Cain a chance to repent. It all could have turned out differently. God showed up and said to him, where's your brother? He could have said, I've done something I shouldn't have done. But instead he said the very famous line, am I my brother's keeper? Like, I don't know where he is. And God said, do you not think your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground? You don't think I know what you did? Okay, he went out from the presence of the Lord. So the Lord will never leave us, but we might leave him because we might make a mistake and then not repent of it. Okay, so if the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord and the key to the presence of the Lord is obedience, then what's the key to obedience? See how simple this is? It's just, it's real simple, all right? Here's point three. The key to obedience is faith. That's the key to obedience. Belief, believing, faith. Believing that there's a reward if you obey and there are consequences if you disobey. That's why children obey. 
That's also why they disobey. Because they sometimes, and we, we're, we, we have a whole generation now where, you know, we've been told they shouldn't suffer any consequences if they disobey. And the problem is they grow up and, and, then, and then do something, disobey, and go to jail. But we taught them there aren't any consequences. Parents are supposed to teach there are consequences if you disobey. Okay, that's, that's all right. I just, I just want to make sure. All right, Colossians 3, 22. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye servants as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing, that would be believing or having faith, believing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid consequences for what he has done, and there is no partiality. A farmer plants because he believes. He believes he's going to get a crop. If you believe, you obey. It's that simple. If you believe there's a reward, you obey. I mean, I could throw in about tithing. You know, if you believe there's a reward for tithing, you tithe. If you don't believe, if you believe that there aren't consequences, if you don't, then you don't. Just wanted to throw that in. It's it's that we believe. We have to have faith. Why why would we not believe that if we obey? the commandments of the Lord, we will we'll get a reward. That God will prosper us in all that we do. Doesn't mean everything's gonna go right in our lives. Doesn't mean it's always gonna turn out the way we thought. But when we look back and you get my age and you look back, you start saying, wow, God, it's true. You prospered what I put my hand to. You blessed what you called me to do because I walked in obedience. This is why Joseph did the right thing. He'd already heard it from his grandfather and from his father. Hebrews, now this is the clearest scripture tying obedience to belief that I can find anywhere in the Bible. I love this scripture. Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter enter in because of Unbelief. Okay, again, I, you know how I am about words. It says they did not enter in because they did not obey. So we see they could not enter in because of, you would think it would say, disobedience. Say, stay with me on this. It says they did not enter in because they did not obey. So what we can learn from this is that they didn't enter in because of disobedience. But it doesn't say that. It says unbelief. See, if they had believed, they would have obeyed. I mean, that, are you, did, did that not jump it out at y'all like I thought it would? Okay. I mean, I just thought y'all would always be going, oh, I never thought this is incredible. There it is right there. They didn't enter in because they didn't obey. So we see that they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. That's the reason we don't obey. 
That's the reason children disobey. It's because they don't believe. If they believe that there are rewards if they obey, and if they believe that there are consequences if they disobey, they'll obey. We were, um, uh, one time we had some people over our house, and they had this two-year-old boy that was just tearing up our house. I mean, he was just tearing up our house. And they're just sitting there talking to you. Have you ever met parents like that? And you don't, you don't like, they, they're just, they don't have any clue that, you know, he's tearing things up. And so I said to them, uh, do, do, excuse me, do, do you know that your son is tearing up our house? <laughs> and they said to me, oh, boys will be boys. <laughs> and I said, not in my house. And so I said to them, I'm going to tell him to stop. And if he doesn't stop, if you don't spank him, I will. And they said to me, do your best. (laughs) And so this little boy right after that comes over and beside me was this, I think it was called a banana tree plant, something like that. But it had these big leaves on it. And he starts going like this, tearing the leaves off this plant. And I said to him, son, look at me. I said, if you tear one more leaf off that plant, I'm going to spank you. And he went like this. (laughs) Now, the good thing is that he had to bend down to tear the... It was a perfect target. So I just swatted him. It wasn't even... He didn't even cry. Then he wasn't... I just went pop like that, you know, and he went... And he just stood there for me, couldn't believe it. And I said, now, listen to me. If you disobey, there are consequences. But I said, but if you obey, there are rewards. And I said, so if you'll tell me that you will not tear any more leaves off that plant, I'll give you a dollar. (laughs) And he said, I won't tear any more leaves off that plant. (laughs) You know why? See, believe me. Are y'all, are y'all following me? We obey because we believe. We disobey because we don't believe. All right, so the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. The key to obedience is faith. So what's the key to faith? All right, here's point number four. The key to faith is hearing the word. I told you, it's, it's the, it's, this is prospering, not, not, I'm not saying you'll never fail at a business venture or anything like that, but I'm saying overall being pushed forward by the Lord is the easiest thing in the world to do because it's really, if you'll just spend time in this book. And let me show you the verse, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I, I, I wanted to say, um, you know, um, prospering comes from doing the word of the Lord. And it does, but you can't do it unless you hear it. You can't have, you won't believe if you don't hear it. 
Every time you listen to a sermon that is biblically based, you get more faith. Every time you read the Bible, you get more faith. It's the easiest thing in the world to do if you, if, to get more faith is just hear the Word of God. That, that's how easy this is. We want you to take a moment to think about what Pastor Robert shared today and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you would like to receive our special offer this week, submit a prayer request or check out any of Pastor Robert's other messages, books, study guides, or other useful resources, visit us at pastorrobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-WORD. Again, that's 833-933-9673. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so we can be a part of your community. Thank you again for your support and for listening in with us today. Next time, we'll have a challenging and encouraging message from Pastor Robert. Until then, be blessed. Thank you.